What's good? It's your boy Stephen Malcolm, and you are listening to MTMV Sports. Let's get it. Hey, how y'all doing? This is Rick Sincere with MTMV Sports, and this is another MTMV short. Um, I mean, you know what we try to what we try to do is just hit the hot topics, and one of the hottest topics in all of sports right now, like right now, right now, is what's going on uh, with the Oklahoma City Thunder and their trading of Russell Westbrook to the Houston Rockets for Chris Paul, first round picks in 2024 and 2026, pick swaps in 2021 and. 2025, right? And this is coming from uh, Wolves, you know, like Adrian uh, Wojnarowski or Wojnarowski. I don't know how he says his name for real, <laughs> but I know Wolves is like that dude right now, right? Um, because everybody's following him and you're, you're catching up, you're getting all the updates um, from him at this point, man. Um, the NBA is keeping reporters, media people, Twitter folks, Instagram posters very busy. <laughs> Very busy this offseason, and if you don't have your alerts turned on, you're going to end up in a situation like I did where I'm calling Miles, and I'm like, hey, bro, how you doing? He like, well, I don't know. I'm like, you don't know what? <laughs> and he's like, man, I don't know what's going on with the NBA, and I don't know what this trade means. We have our NBA correspondent, Miles Austin, um, on the line right now. Miles, how you doing, fam? I'm doing good, brother. Uh, we got some, some, some crazy news happening. NBA man, it's, it's it's never short of amazing, brother. It's a good time. Man, talk to me about what this trade means. Let's start off with the Houston Rockets, right? Um, because yeah. now all of a sudden, at, at one point they seemed to be on the way down, and now all of a sudden the Houston Rockets are right back in contention because now there's new buddies in Houston. What does this mean for the Houston Rockets and their ability to contend for a title? Um, I think I think it's I think it's going to be good pieces, man. Um, obviously, trading for an MVP caliber player like Westbrook, who um, has obviously had his woes on the offensive end and, and and making it out of the playoffs, first and second round exits. Um, well, first round exits the last two years. Um, I mean, just seeing seeing this team going back and forth, the way they the way they exited the playoffs uh, last year for OKC in uh, in Russ and, and what he was able to do there. Um, I mean, it was good. It was obviously, you know, averaging triple double the last three years. That is nothing short of amazing, man. But Houston got better. Houston definitely got better in this trade. Uh, trading Chris Paul, somebody who is injury prone, and you know, two years ago, it, I mean, if, if you ask the right person, they'll tell you, you know, the Houston Rockets were a hamstring away from the from the finals, man, and, and beating Golden State. Um, and the way I think, I think the way that the Houston Rockets Rockets exited in the playoffs this year, losing to Golden State. Uh, after Katie going down was very disappointing because they believed that that was the the turning point on why they couldn't beat. You know, when people talk about the Warriors and them adding uh, Kevin Durant, like they were a great team uh, and hard to beat team, and then adding Kevin Durant made them unbeatable. So um, losing that piece and the way that Houston exited this playoffs, uh, th- these past playoffs wasn't you know didn't sit right in anybody's mouth. And with Chris Paul and James Harden going at each other, obviously they wanted to downplay it. Uh, when when asked themselves, but uh, we all know what it is. Chris Paul is a ball dominant player. James Harden has become a ball dominant player in um, that Mike D'Antoni offense. So I think um, I think both of them. Obviously, it's going to be a, a, a learning curve um, with them both of them needing the ball and both of them being MVP, MVP type players and Russell Westbrook and James Harden. Um, but also they have they have the benefit of being able to they've, they've played together before. Um, and I think that chemistry may show on the court, but you know, people are basically just questioning what, how was the chemistry work? If Chris, 
if Chris Paul and James Harden couldn't work together, how does Russell Westbrook and James Harden work together? But I think we have a lot to look at and a lot to look forward to here uh, in the Western Conference with every team getting better. Teams like Utah added Mike Conley, who's a, a scoring a scoring point guard. Houston obviously adding Russell Westbrook. The Clippers adding Kawhi and PG. And the Lakers adding Anthony Davis and a slew of an onslaught of other, other role players and key uh, 3 and D guys. Um, the West is interesting, man. It just got more interesting with Westbrook going to Houston. Man, in 2018-2019, Giannis MVP, right? In 2017-2018, James Harden is the MVP. 2016-2017, that's Russell Westbrook, right? Those two MVPs are now on the same exact team. You mentioned it, that they are ball-dominant individuals, where they need the ball in their hands in order to be, you know, truly effective. How will they get along and not be at each other's throats? Yes, in the past, it was different. They were on the same team, but James Harden was in a much different role. Now James is the man on his team, and you bring in a Russell Westbrook who now has to coexist with a guy like James Harden. How will this work? I think I think I think what we got to see um, in, West, in Russell Westbrook um, would, would be the evidence that this could work, potentially work, and be blossom into something that is really well. I think that uh, what we saw with Russell Westbrook and Paul George this last year, Russell Westbrook still being able to get his numbers and allowing Paul George to have uh, somewhat of an MVP type season. He was top five in MVP voting, Paul George was. Um, and, and being able to play alongside that, Russ understands that he needs somebody next to him. I mean, he needs somebody who can score the ball, who can pass the ball, who can open up and spread the floor for them. That's the type of offense that Mike D'Antoni runs. It's an offense-dominant type of uh type of playbook um you know but obviously um james harden was the focal point of that offense and russell westbrook being mvp and triple double machine um i think the business and what it looks like i think the biggest thing between them is going to be that their chemistry and the fact that they played together in, in okc um i like the fact that uh they do have that prior chemistry together and i do think that russell will be able to give up uh some of what that ball dominance that he has to a player like James Harden and also having that history, I think, is what helps when you see um, somebody like Russell Westbrook who's going to that team, knowing their triple-double machine, knowing their MVP, a prior MVP and knows what he brings to the table, but also having a personal friendship and relationship with James Harden. They can work together and coexist, and I think what the key to that is their history together. So this starting lineup um, from now on should look something like this. Um, Russell Westbrook, James Harden, Right, maybe House Junior, P P J Tucker at the um at the power forward, and then Clint Capella at center. Yes, sir. With you know some backups being Austin Rivers, Eric Gordon, Gerald Green. Right? Does this yes, team sir. look like a team that can compete with what you're seeing in the Lakers and what you're seeing with the Clippers? I think definitely they can compete, man. I think um. Uh, well, what what their issue was to me was defense last year, and that's just not that's just not Mike D'Antoni's forte. You know, like he's you, you think about back to back to the Phoenix Suns with Steve Nash and Amari Stoudemire, they were absolutely absolutely awesome on the offensive end. They got Steve Nash, you know, MVP, and I think that um, you know as, as a as a Laker fan, I definitely have to mention that Shaq probably should have got those MVPs, but they're neither here nor there. However, I do think that in Mike D'Antoni's offense. Um, it's deep, it's offensive minded, and I think that if you can if you can get this team to work together on the defensive end, people like Clint Capella and PJ Tucker, P, 
P.J. Tucker obviously doesn't need help on that end. He's a, he's, he is a great defender. Clint Capella is somewhat of a great defender in the hole and guarding that, guarding that back in that, in that, in that front court. Um, but I think if Mike D'Antoni can get these, these two players um, to coincide with each other and play good defense, I don't see a reason why they couldn't be a top-five team in the West. I think now um, with Kawhi uh, making his decision to go to the Clippers and taking Paul George with him, these duos that we see – are going to be a lot bigger uh, than now, uh, bigger than in the past years, obviously, because we had the super team in Golden State. Uh, so when you talk about a LeBron and AD, um, uh, Mike Conley, Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell kind of kind of pairing, a uh, Russ and Westbrook, uh, CJ and, and Damian, these these teams are, are, are going to be going up against each other. And I think defense is what's going to win out. We all know that everybody can score. We all know that on the offensive end, James Harden is, a, is, is an absolute problem. But can you play defense? The problem with James Harden has never been that he can't score the ball. We know what he can do and what he can bring to the table. The problem is, are you ready to sit in that box and play and be a two-way player? Kawhi Leonard did what he did last year because he played both ends of the ball. And I think if James Harden can tap into uh, playing better defense and the best defense that is needed for a championship-caliber team, uh, the sky's the limits for them, man. Man, I'm looking at some teams who have that solid two, right? Now we're looking at Russell Westbrook and, and James Harden. That's a solid two, right? Um, you look at Paul George um, and, and Kawhi Leonard. That's a solid yes, two, right? Yes, um, there are some teams that have a sneaky three, which, oh, yeah. which kind of change things a little bit because most people are looking at this new tag team, best friends, my buddy type of system that's happening right now in the NBA. <laughs> Right, like that's that's this is the era we're in. We're in the my buddy era of the NBA, Definitely. and it's cool, right? I super love it. But at the same time, there are some teams who have like a sneaky three. For instance, the Warriors. Whenever Clay comes back, they'll actually have somewhat of a four, right? If 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 they can still have that same type of chemistry. So you have that, right? But you also have the Lakers who have a sneaky three with DeMarcus Cousins because if Cousins can be anything like the old Cousins, then they have three great players as opposed to just two. Who do you think of these, like, sneaky threes will actually come forth and will actually see um, the three players actually being superstars? Yeah, I definitely think that... um... All, all those pieces that you previously mentioned, man, are going to be good pieces on their teams. Uh, DeMarcus Cousins, I think, has the biggest upside, but we know that if uh, if he goes down, that's going to be a big hit. But if he can get, like you said, if he can get anything, you know, 16 and 10 or, you know, 14 and 10, whatever you want to call it, um, we'd definitely love a 20 and 10 if we can get it. Um, but if, if he's able to bring something like that to the table, that, that's that's going to be a great three that they have there. I think a team that a lot of people may be under the radar with are, def- are the Utah Jazz. Um, adding a scoring a scoring and assist uh, type of point guard in Mike Conley to that system that's already – Snyder has that team looking really good. And that's already a 50-team win, 50-win team um, without Michael Conley on it. Um, I think Rudy Gobert and Joe Ingles are definitely great. Uh, pieces and definitely could be added to that Donovan Mitchell Mike Conley combination that they have there in Utah. Um, so um, I, I'm I'm really looking. So at you're Utah giving the Utah Jazz a sneaky three too, right? Like a Donovan Mitchell, Mike Conley, Rudy Gobert. Yeah, I definitely feel that man. Rudy Gobert is a defensive uh, a defensive anchor man, and if he can 
you talk about a player who can get into the middle and is a threat, the problem what they had with Ricky Rubio is that he wasn't a threat offensively. We knew what he could do up pick and rolls. We knew he was an amazing passer, but he wasn't an offensive threat. Michael Conley will shoot that ball in your face. He will drive and finish. And the thing what's going to open up Rudy Gobert a whole lot is the fact that Mike Conley can break down defender and, and finish at the rim. Um, that's that's definitely going to help Rudy and in, in talk and in, in getting offensive rebounds, catching oops off of drives and diving to the goal uh, off of pick and rolls. I think that's that's going to be good for him um, and, and just increasing what he does on the offensive end. Man, I really like Utah. And I think Utah to me is the scariest team because of Quinn Snyder and the offense that they have there. A 50 win team already without Michael Conley. Um, I think they can with adding him could be 55 56 wins this season um I'm, I'm also I'm also predicting that my that my Lakers can get 52 wins uh here as well as the Clippers are going to be they got 48 without Paul George and Kawhi Leonard with that system that they have there um the great organization and great front office that they have great coach um you know it's going to be great uh, and what they do and how they do it I think uh, the only thing about with as uh, the that's questioning is going to be the Lakers with a new coach in Frank Vogel, Frank Vogel, and you know what he did early early in his career against LeBron and the Miami Heat with the Pacers and Paul George, um, we know what he brings to the table. We didn't have a really good year in Orlando when he was there, but we know what his offensive schemes are and what he can bring to the table. So I think that having a new coach in Frank Vogel, having all the new pieces around LeBron and AD, um, I think it's going to kind of pick up and see what we can do. I think Kyle Kuzma is going to kind of go under the radar, but he's a sneaky he's a sneaky three. Um, I honestly want DeMarcus Cousins to kind of step up and be able to be healthy and become that. He has something to prove, and I think that he's he's locked in currently. But you talk about um, he's lost some Cousins. weight, man. Yeah, definitely. He looks thinner now. Yeah, Slim he's Boogie is what people gonna have to deal with. Yo, and if, if if he's anything of like old Boogie, bro, it's it's gonna be a long night for a lot of teams. And I think that's what we can kind of kind of rest our laurels on is really just being able to play our type of our type of basketball and demarcus cousins being um even if he's 60 75 percent of old cousins we're gonna be good and also just having the shots that are open up for for a kyle kuzma for a quinn cook for avery bradley um for danny green or jared dudley like lebron and ad are gonna be able to space the floor and allow other people to get good shots they've surrounded themselves with really good shooters really good 3d guys um, if that comes together, that can be a dangerous team. But the West is up for grabs right now, man. Clay Thompson uh, isn't slated to be back until after All Star break. Um, in the playoffs, they'll be a good team. I think adding D'Angelo Russell for that, um, getting something for Kevin Durant without him without him walking for nothing, um, was definitely a good move on the Warriors. I did find it funny that um, that Kevin Durant actually made them add a first round pick to that trade because he he laughed at being traded straight up for D'Angelo Russell. Um, and the Warriors had to do it because KD had the choice to walk or sign and trade. So um, that was funny to me seeing that story come out. But I definitely think that was a good piece that they were able to add in D'Lo and having that uh, that team there. Um, they picked up some really good pieces in Willie Cauley-Stein uh, on the back end. And with Steve Kerr's offense, man, you know, the skies are the limit uh, when it comes to them. But obviously they're going to be a little bit hobbled. But if they can get into the playoffs, we know that they're going to be a scary team. Their offense, they've already won uh, a championship without KD. Um and what they can bring to the table is already documented. So I think um, the West is really up for grabs, man. And I think uh, the East is the same thing. When you talk about uh, a, Mil- a Milwaukee or a Philly adding Al Horford, uh, Boston adding Kimba, they lost a lot of players there in Boston. But I definitely think that um, that the, the system that they have there in Boston is going to be good. But the West is, is definitely up for grabs with the Warriors being hobbled, KD leaving and going to the East with Kyrie to Brooklyn. 
Um, I mean, it's a lot of West teams got better this year, man. Yo, last question. What does this mean for Chris Paul? What is he going to do? Is he going to, like, get to the Thunder say, hey, I can't stay here, right? Try to <laughs> buy out a contract or or what is going to happen with Chris Paul? Is he going to be a part of this Thunder roster with Dennis Schroeder, Steve Adams? Like, like is this the situation, right? Because um, uh, yeah, that can't be life. And if that is life, <laughs> then what's going to happen with, with, with Chris Paul? Is he going to push for a trade, demand one? What's the next steps for Chris Paul? I honestly think, you know, they have to keep him to it for, for a certain amount of time. I think it's, I think the, December 15th is the date that they have to keep him towards it. It may be shorter than that. Um, hoping that it is shorter than that because, the, you know, with the season starting at the end of October, um, they do have three months. I, I think there's a time limit that a person has to be on the team before you can trade him again. But I do believe that Chris Paul gets traded for picks, man. Uh, it just, this guy is owed $120 million on his contract. Uh, the summer before last, he signed a four-year, four $160 million contract that just blew my mind for a person that just uh, got injured with a hamstring and potentially lost you guys a potential championship. Uh, you, you follow up the next year by giving him $100, $160 million. Um, I don't see a buyout coming because I just don't that, – that's a big contract. Um, but I do see um, him probably being traded for more picks. You think about it. Put this in perspective now. OKC went from um, a first-round uh, 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 ugly exit in, in the playoffs um, against Portland. Obviously, we all remember the three-point line from – three-point shot from half court with the bye-bye by Damian. Um, but this team now, over the next six to seven years, has potentially 11 first-round picks. Let that sink in. That's not their picks. That's not picks that they're – possibly in the lottery or anything 11 first round picks from they got seven picks off of the uh, paul george trade as well as the four picks that you're talking about they just traded for russell westbrook um this team is in full re- a re- rebuild mode and the way that they're rebuilding is strategic chris paul is not going to be a part of that rebuild i think he'll be traded obviously before the before the trade deadline or in december uh when he's able to be traded again um, according to the, the cba and rules of the nba Man, thank you so much for joining us, Miles. Um, it's a it's a real big deal. Um, that yes, you know we're we're kind of right on the cutting edge of this, man. I I can't believe what I'm seeing this off season, man. The NBA is just dominating headlines. No matter what yeah, happens bro. with the NFL, two seconds later, <laughs> right? Like we just That's had true. earlier today, right? You have Melvin Gordon yeah. from um from the Chargers demanding um to be paid, or he's gonna skip money. out. Yeah, he's like, yeah, yo, man. show me the money or I'm out, fam. Like, I'm not going to be at training camp. And I mean, that dominated headlines. Piece, yeah, that dominated headlines for about two seconds. And then, <laughs> bam. Yeah, very true. I think I think what it is, man, is the NBA offseason is always exciting. But this, this offseason has been absolutely crazy because the balance of power has been shifted. The super team like the Golden State Warriors were broken and hobbled and they lost in the NBA Finals. And now with KD leaving... Uh, Clay Thompson being injured to after the All-Star break with the torn ACL. I think uh, people are ready to dethrone uh, what we've seen the past, what, five five years, six years, I believe, uh, Golden State going back and forth. Um, this thing is is it's it's wide open, and uh, and when you talk about teams getting better and making moves, obviously the Clippers just, just, just jumped up the ladder and adding two All-Stars. Uh, Lakers adding their pieces. And just trying to fix, still trying to figure it out with having LeBron and AD on, on the same team and the same roster. Um, 
this is going to be great. NBA offseason is always exciting, man, but this has been over the top, and I think everybody's excited and ready for the season to get back started. Uh, I want to send my, my apologies, lo siento, to, to the NFL, man. But, you know, it's it's the NBA, and it's what people love. It's a global game. Um, I think I think at the end of the day, what is the issue that a lot of a lot that you're seeing a lot in the in the headlines is that in the NBA is global. I don't think the I don't think a lot of sports, uh, probably probably just excluding soccer, um, are really global like the NBA. They go out of their way to play in countries like China and and New Zealand. And you talk about these kids who are going over to New Zealand, like a Lamelo Ball and R.J. Hampton, who are going to play overseas to get ready for the NBA. Um, you know, things are just changing and things are wide open. I think that the way the NBA, their their atmosphere and their their the way that their aspect of who they are and their identity is more open to every person being a fan of any player and it being a lot a lot more global than more sports. So that's why you see that that dominant headline, man. Um, it's gonna happen it's, and it's gonna get bigger and bigger as we move on. Um, Adam Silver has done an amazing job as taking over uh, for David Stern as commissioner of the NBA and. He, he, he's grown the game. David Stern, you know, set him up nicely, and he's grown it even further. Um, when you talk about uh, Clay Thompson and Dwayne Wade having shoot deals in China, like these little things like that are what is growing their fan base and seeing these dominant, you know, these dominant headlines. Um, the NFL's coming, so as soon as the game starts, you know, it'll be a little bit different. But as soon as the end of October and beginning of November starts, the NBA's back, man. We're going to see a whole lot of change, man, but I'm excited. Uh, for both sports, obviously being an NBA correspondent, that's that's my love. That's what I love to do, and a Lakers fan. Um, but I'm also a Raiders fan, man. So I'm expecting you know Derek Carr and Antonio Brown to do some craziness here in the, in the AFC West. So uh, we're gonna have some fun either way, brother. You know I'm excited, and the true fan of the sport. Yo, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, it's Rick Sincere with MTMV Sports. If you love these MT. If you love these MTMV shorts, then all you have to do um, to make sure that you get the notification when it goes down is to go ahead and subscribe, right? Press that subscribe button, and every single time we drop something, you'll get the notification. All right. First one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And look, leave that five-star review. It helps other people see what we're doing, um, and it helps them to get this great content that you're going to be able to get as well. All right. God bless. We love you. We out. Coming in. This is Andrew Brown with the North Florida Tigers Prep Program. And you are listening to me on MTMV. Support the podcast whenever you can. Listen as much as you can and share as much as you can.